everybody. Welcome to our second edition of Oh This Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick. I'm Steve. Welcome, welcome, Steve. How are you doing tonight? I am doing well. I'm coming at you live from the, uh, the Thunderdome out here on the West Coast. The West Coast Thunderdome. I'm coming at you from the Chicago Thunderdome. This is going to be good. Everybody, we want to thank you for the first episode that we did. It got great response. Uh, do us a huge favor. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, the social media. Send us a fax. We don't have fax machines. You know the drill. Um, this is going to be a fun episode. We're going to talk about some various different exciting things. Segment one, we're going to talk about pitchers and catchers. Segment two, we're going to talk about airports. And the second segment three, we're going to take and run down the newest, greatest American holiday called National Pizza Day. But first, as we always do, in like-minded fashion, we like to take and talk about the beer of the week. Steve, take it away. B-O-T-W. Here we go. So this week, we've got a delicious beer from New Glarus Brewing Company in New Glarus, Wisconsin. We've got Moon Man, ah, which is okay. a uh, basically <laughs> and it's a good land. Um, it's a uh, session pale ale, basically. Um, it is a uh, very tasty uh very summery beer, and I'm just trying to uh, get a little bit of taste of uh, summer right now because I'm kind of sick of uh, all the bullshit weather that's been going on. I can't seem to escape the rain, uh, whether I'm back in Chicago or I come back out here to San Jose and it's still raining out here. So uh, I figured this would be a, uh, a good uh, good beer to get me in the uh, kind of spring and summer mood. So, uh, yeah, it's just a really nice, uh, easy-drinking beer. Um, it comes in at uh, about five percent alcohol and uh, just uh, just enough hops to keep things interesting. And uh, I'm going to start to take a sip of it right now because I need to get going here. Awesome. And uh, yeah, so um, comes in at 92 on Beer Advocate, um, rated as outstanding. Uh, New Glarus has got it at 97. So uh, yeah, you really uh, can't go wrong here. Uh, New Glarus. Just make some killer beer, and uh, you know they've been in business for quite some time. They and one of the things that's unique about them is that they only distribute within the state of Wisconsin. So if you're unless you go and get it in the state of Wisconsin, or uh, you know you know someone who brings it to you from there, uh, you're not going to get it. Uh, so if you if you're in Minnesota or Illinois or some other Midwest state, and someone offers to sell you new beer, they're doing it 100% illegal. Okay, so <laughs> that's don't put that a story. So do not sell beer from there. Uh, that's another. No, thing. I mean you can you can happily buy it buy it and you know someone has goes there and buys it and sells it to one of their friends or something. So yeah, they do not distribute out of the state. Uh, they got in a big. Uh, they just say the expense of it is too much for them, and they just figure yeah, fuck it, we'll just keep distributing with Wisconsin. People keep going and buying their beer because their brewery massive and it's this, this tiny little town up in Wisconsin, it's like forty miles from Madison. But, uh, a rinky dink little town that's kind of just like a tourist trap type thing, but uh, <laughs> boy, do they have it. They've got an estate out there, and it's uh, pretty impressive. So, uh, yeah, that's the beer of the week. So, shout out to New Blair. I'm going to go out there again in probably in the next couple of months and buy more beer and have them take more of my money. That's that's a great way. I be I bet they will happily take your money um, for that. And, you know, if you were looking for a reason to move to the state of Wisconsin, you know, it's and you don't like cheese or the Packers, I think this is probably a perfect uh, perfect reason to do yeah, that. Yeah, that's probably, I would, I would probably rank it, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a solid dirt. I mean, here in, in the state of Wisconsin is pretty solid in general, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I would put this up with Wisconsin in, in 
Wisconsin's uh, upper echelon. It's not as Mount Rushmore if they used to have one. Nice. Very cool. Okay, so let's start this off. Let's start segment one. We decided that we wanted to talk. It's February. It's the 9th. Um, over this weekend, we are going to see MLB. It just feels like we just saw the end of the season. You know, sadly saw the Cubs win uh, the World it really Series. It does feel like just the end of the season. Yeah, because it was late. You know, you know, hockey season's going on. But pitchers and catchers report. So segment one, let's talk about that. What are we expecting for pitchers and catchers report? I mean, baseball season is literally around the corner. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled. Uh baseball's my my drug of choice. So uh that's uh I'm I can't be more excited this year. I'm finally breaking down and picking up MLB T V this year. So and and minor league baseball television. So I'm getting my, my whole uh junkie on there because I need to watch White Sox prospects and none of them are gonna be on the team. Uh, it's the start of the year, so I'm going to buy minor league baseball for 20 bucks and watch that year. <laughs> Wait, so you're buying minor league baseball and major league baseball TV package and all that? Yeah. yeah. So, so you well, can... I, the online version. Okay, okay. So are you going to be able to watch the, what What are they, the Fresno Tacos or whatever? The team that's... Oh, gonna... man, I'm going to go to those games this year. <laughs> <laughs> for anybody that doesn't I've know... I've got plans to hit... Like all of all the California teams this summer, uh, all in one fell swoop, and then I also want to hit all of the various California league, minor league teams during the during the summer too. Nice. And there's actually one in San Jose, the the San Jose Giants, I think, like their double A or triple A team. Yeah, for people who are don't like are really confused as what I'm talking about, like I don't know how I stumbled upon it, but there's a team out in Fresno, the Fresno Grizzlies. I think they're the, the it's the triple A affiliate for the Astros. And one of the things is they are, if you go to tacosbaseball.com, it's their alter brand that they take and work with. And it's literally, they take in, I don't know if this was because they had like a taco truck or something or whatever, but they rebranded the whole team and like had tacos <laughs> on their helmets and like jerseys. I'm like, oh, that's kind of better than the Grizzlies, but um, it's going to be interesting. So like, it seems like the off season was way too short for some teams, way too long for some others. Um mm-hmm. What are you excited for? What do you see? Who do you think is going to be in the World Series? It's a way too early prediction for that. You know, it is 162 games, but pitchers and catchers reporting always kind of leads me into that different like mindset of like, okay, we're starting to get to spring. Usually in Chicago, we're already ready to go because it's been win- the winter has been brutal and it hasn't been that bad this time. So, like, who? What are you thinking? Like overall, are Cubs just going to be hands down repeaters or what? No, no, not at all. I mean, they're great, don't get me wrong. Um, but uh, the both the uh, Red Sox and the Indians are going to be a big time force uh, this year in the American League. And then, uh, oh, at least I think. Uh, and then, uh, I mean, the Cubs are, Cubs, Dodgers are probably the class of the uh, National League. The Nationals are there too, but I don't tend to trust teams that are managed by Dusty Baker. So uh, that's kind of where I stand. I kind of put them third in line. Uh, they've got some. Fantastic talent, obviously Bryce Harper is huge. They just got Adam Wozniak, uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the National League takes out. But I don't think the Cubs are bulletproof. I mean, obviously they've got a huge, uh, fantastic uh, set of um, position player talent, but their pitching is really uh, what the, the question mark is there. And they've been kind of picking up the scrap heap the past few days, just scooping up a few guys that were. In the minor leagues from other organizations, or have been drafted highly and just kind of washed out, and come back. So uh, it's kind of a 
they're kind of patching things up. So it's kind of interesting to see what they got planned. Obviously, they're crazy talented, so I wouldn't be surprised if they wound up at the World Series. But uh, I don't think that they're like the shoe in. I think they're going to have a bunch of talent from uh, both the Dodgers and the Nationals. Yeah, the American League. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I think that you're right. The Dodgers are going to be, you know, a uh, continued force. Like, they always seem to be there, you know, with depth and stuff like that. You know, I don't know. Maybe the Giants can somehow manage to take and make it in the NLS picture. You know, maybe the Mets again. I think the Cubs are going to have a little bit of a struggle with the Cardinals again this year. I mean, didn't they just lose Fowler to go down to St. Louis? And mm-hmm. they're retooling. Yeah. And that's a, that's a town that always has pretty pretty darn good pitching. So, like it's not a cakewalk, but I mean, the, I think the talent that the Cubs do have are is kind of, you know, it's kind of remarkable, and it's kind of a good thing that you know, they're ahead of schedule <laughs> for what Joe Maddon was saying and what what Theo yeah. wants. It's like it's they're in a good position, but you know, could we? <laughs> what are the odds are over under that we actually see uh, two Cubs World <laughs> Series in two years versus like? <laughs> hundred and some odd for the last one, you know? It's pretty damn hard to repeat and insist on any sport. Um, so I'm not, uh, I mean, I know that they're the favorite. I think right now I don't remember what Bovada had them at. It might have been like six to one or something at one point. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to bet on that. Um, I, I'd rather play like Boston or I, I'd rather, I like AL baseball better. So I'm always kind of biased there. Uh, so I, I, I like the, the Red Sox or the Indians. I think the Indians are going to be really good again this year. Yeah. Um, but you never know. I mean, crazy, crazy stuff happens uh, in baseball, and these guys get hurt, teams fall off. Uh, it's never, but I mean, the Cubs. Uh, I mean, you think of all the stuff that they did last year and how how good they were, and now they're just going to add Kyle Schwarber back into the lineup on a regular basis. Yeah. Put him, in, put him in the outfield. Even shagging, more dangerous. Put him in the outfield shagging balls. That'll be a great strategy. I know these. Well, see, that's what. He's a left fielder now. <laughs> whether whether it's uh, just by them telling him he's a left fielder or whether he can actually play there, it doesn't matter. His bat, his bat plays. Yeah, his bat plays. Um, so, obviously, you're a Sox fan, so what are we thinking about? Is it going to just be an absolute rebuilding year on the south side here, or what do you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, finally a year of rebuilding year, for the love of God. They've been dragging, dragging the scrap pile of garbage around for better part of well let's see since 2008 before they was the last time they were in the playoffs so uh yeah since since that point in time they've been trying to oh we'll rebuild on the fly and retool and just add guys and it hasn't worked and they finally broke down and sold away sold off most of their assets uh, or a couple of their, their real solid ones they got a couple more that still need to go i wish that they would go in the next couple days but it looks like they're going to break camp in Tana. Uh, still in there, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, it's going to be a full fledged, full fledged rebuild. I'm really that's why I'm buying the minor league package because <laughs> I want to watch all the prospects the White Sox got, see what they can do. Yeah, most people um, never want to buy that minor league package. It's like really, like why would anybody want to watch minor league baseball? So like, who are you excited? It has to- a certain charm to it. Yeah, I mean, you watch Jordan in Birmingham, but like honestly, seriously, who are you excited for in the in the Sox? Uh, minor league program that can contribute, maybe not day one, but you know, mid season well, if they, they need to. They got John Mancata. John uh, Mancata was uh, rated the number one prospect by a couple of different uh, baseball publications. So number one prospect in baseball. 
uh, he's going to be their their second baseman of the future, and that he can he can do just about anything he wants uh, on the field. So he's that's number one uh, thing to watch. Then uh, they they picked up a pitcher uh, named Luis Fialito from the uh, uh, the Nationals, and uh, he's a huge dude. I think he's like six five, six six. Maybe maybe be taller than he's a, just a monster of a human. And uh, yeah, he he can really swing it. He had a rough go up with the Nationals, but uh, they were tinkering with the release point stuff. So uh, get him with a another pitching coach, a pretty well well uh, respected pitching coach like Cooper and probably the two I'm most excited about. They've got a lot of other, like they got a ton of great, uh, great prospects, a lot of pitching prospects in these trades. So they take a little bit more time to develop on some of these guys. But uh, yeah, in general, after this Santana uh, uh, trade inevitably goes down at some point this year, uh, I'm sure they're going to be aiming division players. And uh, actually, they've got a, a kid from, uh, what is it, Zach Collins. I think he's going to the University of Miami. He's their catcher. Um, and he can rake, uh, so it'll be uh, cool to see him. He's actually that'll be he won their first like homegrown position talent in a while. Uh, so that was cool to see him how he progressed. He had a good uh, a good first uh, fit pro ball, so uh, we see how that progresses. Yeah, sadly, I'm looking at this, and I I understand where they're coming from with uh, Bleacher Report right now. They just posted a couple days ago like their projected standings and the White Sox. Definitely, unless they can pull off some like um, amazing major leagueian of the movie franchise uh, type of uh, antics, they're going to be predicted to be dead last in the AL Central, which makes sense. Oh yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, they're bad, obviously. Uh, you know, that's the goal is to be bad, to rebuild things, get high draft picks, that kind of thing. But I'm not convinced this wins are good. So yeah. Well, this they, is. They, this is even interesting. They put the the they're picking the Indians to take and win a hundred games. Oh, that's not the yeah, most interesting part. Way too high. Yeah, that's obviously high, but that's going off of what they did and having Kluber back and all that stuff. But they they have the Tigers coming in second, and then the Royals in third, and the Twins in the bottom of the barrel, which is interesting because if you look at it from the past, like I don't know, twenty years or so of that division, what the White Sox are usually in the middle of the road or top. Previously, like in like. 2005 and so on the tigers were kind of middle of the road then then the bottom the twins were also good and so your bottom feeders were obviously kansas city and cleveland it's just odd to see that cleveland detroit and kansas city like teams that were always in the you know always in the basement are now you know the top ones in this in this division but yeah they're saying that the Astros are going to be coming out of the AL West. They say the Mariners are going to be ahead of Texas, which is on interesting. And yeah, the Mariners have got the pieces, and the Astros are real good. Yeah, they've got a lot of talent. Yeah, I guess being uh, bad for so many years is kind of paying <laughs> off. You know, I mean, it's a good thing. I'm just looking at these like different teams and stuff, and traditionally, like teams that were, I see like a flip in the league, like. The teams that were bad for the past ten years are now starting to be good. Is that now? Are we? Is that because we're seeing stuff from the luxury tax actually coming through and playing off as like yeah. it's working out? That because I'm looking at the uh, NL Central and it's like the Pirates are better than the Reds and the Brewers, and rightfully so. But you know, they're projected. The Pirates are solid, but yeah, I mean they went through their 
years and years of being terrible. Uh, so they've, they've been able to catch together, you know, top-tier draft talent, and eventually that starts to shake out. The problem is that they can't spend, so they can't make up the difference to, like, put them over the top. And they're in a, you know, and now they're a division that's just super competitive. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be, you know, they're probably going to finish second second or third in that division. They might get a wild, if they finish second, they'll get a, they'll be wild card, I'd imagine. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's a, the NL Central is legitimate. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, you see some of these other teams turning around, but it's, it, there's no guarantees when you rebuild, and there's no guarantees when you, you know, try and, uh, to, to get high draft picks and, and try and put a low payroll out there so you can save for when you need to start spending, you know, after you've got enough talent from the farm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, the, the traditional teams are kind of right there in it, though, too. I mean, you've got the, the Red Sox, the Yankees, you know, still very <laughs> And the Yankees have kind of taken a little bit of rebuild uh, uh, since, but they've got a lot of, of really good talent that's going to start popping here, and they're going to team for the next few years. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Cardinals, are, you know, had such a crazy good run, and now they're, you know, they're not. I wouldn't call them rebuilding, so to speak, but they're retooling. Uh, certainly, you know, they, they certainly are taking a little bit of time and starting uh, maybe dial back on some of the acquisitions stuff for for the time being. I mean, Fowler was a good, obviously, great signing. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of interesting. I mean, I think. I don't know if it's like a wholesale. I don't. I, I certainly wouldn't attribute it to like the luxury tax stuff. They, these guys, you know, for any any team that tells you that they're not making money, uh, you know, you got to kind of question it. I think I saw today something that the Marlins were valued at like one point six billion dollars, and that's insane because that Jeffrey Loria bitches about their money and their and their payroll all the time. So be worth that much in that market where they hardly put anybody in the stands kind of telling you where, uh, you know, whether luxury tax is coming in at, you know, you're getting 30, maybe $40 million a year from that. Uh, I don't think it's going to make too much of a difference to a guy who's got that kind of coin. Yeah. I don't know. Like the Sox have always had problems trying to get people to, you know, put butts in the seats like during the season time. I mean, that's why they do the blowout deals and, you know, Horatio yeah, Marks I mean, gets most of your, most of your money comes from uh, from sponsorship deals and TV. TV. I mean, that's where the overwhelming majority of revenue comes from. Yeah, by selling the naming rates for guaranteed rate field. Guaranteed. You know, I could I go on for twenty minutes about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we want to do that, but um, yes, some of the naming rights were there. It's just crazy. So, absolutely crazy. So I saw but, a hand uh, going. Yeah, time to time to polish this puppy up because we got to move on to one of my favorite subjects. So the other day I I fly in uh, from from Chicago back to back to San Jose and uh, I get on I'm I'm in the airport and I and we're just starting to board and. Uh, it's, I, fl- I flew Southwest, so like they do the open open boarding policy to, or open seating policy, so you can pretty much get on and sit wherever the hell you feel like. Yeah. So I get on. I'm like the tenth person on the plane. I got like a super good boarding, like a, in the order of people they let on. I was like right up towards the front. I was like, hell yeah! I get my exit my exit row seat, stretch out, get all my shit down. 
and uh, seat, take your pants off, get ready for the flight. Yeah, you know? take my pants off, you know, and probably get thrown off the plane. <laughs> uh, but this lady in front of me, literally one person in front of me. So we're we're walking down down the get to the exit row, and she goes, "Oh," and there's a dude sitting in the exit row seat. She's like, "Well, that's my favorite seat. Do you think you could switch?" And like we're like the ten people on like however fucking many they put on this plane. I mean it's probably 125, 130, right. 140 people maybe. And she she asked this dude to switch his seat because it's her favorite seat. I'm like, why the fuck would you like one? Why would you ask that? And like two, if I'm that guy sitting in that seat, I'm not moving my ass anywhere. Yeah. You know, like if I want to, I pick a seat because I want to sit in that seat. I don't pick it because like oh well whatever this is just fine. Like if I'm getting on that early. I want to sit there. And she's like, well, it's my favorite seat. And dude got up. He got up and he went and just sat in a non-exit row. Like, he gave up all his leg room. I mean, maybe he's just trying to be, you know, chivalrous. But I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, if, if that lady would ask me, I would have told her to go fucking pound sand. <laughs> so you gave, up, yeah, so you gave like, up your seat and left and went to another one, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> and, like, and, and an open seating. I, like, I just don't get it. Like, it, it'd be one thing if it was, like, assigned seats and you were in the wrong seat. But I, I, you get to pick wherever you want to sit. Why do I got to get up? Like, I mean, the lady was nice about it. But, like, that was, like, the worst rationalization I've ever heard. Like, if she had a compelling reason, I'd be more more willing to get moved. Like, oh, it's my favorite seat. How do you have a favorite seat on an airplane? Yeah, it's like, have you fly that much that you have a favorite seat? So is this, like, your, like, is this like the most strange thing that you've seen right now flying or has it been just like right now, this is like adding, no. to, adding to the laundry list of awesomeness. No, it, it definitely adds the laundry list. I mean, so what is like, the amount, what, I mean, I fly. But so what is like the most stupid, funniest story that you have like airport related recently? <laughs> I think we've talked about, we definitely talked about this one, but when we were flying out to Vegas uh, this winter for our for our Vegas trip. I had I went to the lounge at, at San Jose, and it was like uh after, what was it like a, I think it was Thursday afternoon we left. Um, so yeah, I was at the airport at like noon for like a four o'clock flight because I was just kicking in the lounge having drinks before we before I went out to Vegas. And uh, there was like maybe ten people in the place, and it's okay. a pretty big lounge, so it's like you could easily spread out and have whatever you want. So this so is like this know, is afternoon, right? Yeah, early afternoon. So okay. this is probably like twelve thirty uh, in the afternoon, so like just after lunch. And homeboy goes up to the to the bar, and he asks for a vodka and diet coke. Okay. Uh, and like, what? Like of all the things you could order, why are you ordering that? And then he just looks around to like the other seven people that are in the vicinity and just kind of goes YOLO. And then gets his drink and walks away back to a corner. <laughs> just like, what? What the hell just happened? Like this dude was like dressed in, uh, I mean, yeah, business. Uh, you know, I would say uh, not business professional, but business casual. Business casual. Not. He definitely, he definitely been at a meeting at some point during the day, and he threw out a YOLO after getting his pox and diet coke. <laughs> you know, yeah. What What do you got there? I could die. YOLO, you know, just freaking like that's absolutely, <laughs> dude. Like, it's like all the things you could order, like they have great foods there, and like I don't understand why you would order that, but I mean, whatever. Maybe it was poison, the, I guess. maybe it was the finest vodka diet coke you could actually find and stuff. That's absolutely hilarious. I, I guess. I think. I guess one of the most recent funny stories that I had was 
think it was when I was flying down to go see Hall and Oates in Miami last year. I was, yeah, it had to have been that because it was the morning. It was windy. Like, I don't know what, or it was either to Vegas last year. I, it was one of those trips where I was flying out of like the eight gates at O'Hare and mm-hmm. I'm sitting there and it's like you're down in like the, if you've been to O'Hare, it's a huge airport and like it goes down to all the different terminals and they like have these like pods of this, these, these pods of gates where there's like eight of them, like all on a dead end and like all the planes go to the side. And I get there early because I like to make sure that I am uh, properly adequate or acclimated to my surroundings prior to boarding a plane. Uh, And I am comfortable. And so I'm there a couple hours early. And then I'm just sitting there, you know, reading a book or on my iPad, just listening to music. And then I look over and there's this guy. And he's got one of those, like, like, he seems a little strange. I'm like, okay, I wasn't looking at it. And then I see him, like, getting up and, like, starting to head bob. I'm like, what's going on? And he managed to pull out one of those like three quarter scale traveling guitars and he had his shoes off three quarter scale traveling guitars, uh, had that plugged into like his iPhone or iPad and was (laughs) blasting out playing the best like guitar solos he could ever play. And he's like, he's like not only just like going to fricking town, he's literally doing like the, the, like the notes, the bends, the headbangs, the lift oh, the yeah. guitar, lift the guitar neck up, and just going. I literally thought he was going to basically like hop up on like the chairs and do like a stage dive. <laughs> and I'm sitting there watching this for like, and it wasn't like that he was doing it for five minutes or ten minutes. He did it for like thirty five minutes. He packaged everything up and then just left. He didn't get on a plane. He was just like in the gates there, and I'm just thinking to myself, "Yeah, you know, he just got the let out, and then, dude, he, and then he got, you know, did his business and moved on with his day." Yeah, I'm like, is he just like, is he think he's like in a Pantera cover? And this guy was probably like in his late fifties. I'm like, is this this guy just shred massive guitar on here? This was like the funniest, most awkward airport moment that I've seen. Like, I don't know. Like, you can see a bunch of them when you go to Vegas. A lot of just people. Uh, <laughs> what they're wearing and what they're talking about as they're going like <laughs> flying into Vegas. Like some are PG, some are more PG 13 comments. Um, but that was like one of the most recent ones that I thought was absolutely hilarious. It's like this guy was shredding, like he was shredding for a concert of one. And that person was dude, him. He's two hands tapping like Eddie Van Halen. I dude, he was either playing Freebird or he was Frampton comes alive. Like it was great. Like I, I, Part of me wanted to go over there and air drum for him, like as I'm sitting there waiting for him or like give him a tip. But like, how do you like? Yeah, I don't know. Airports are crazy, crazy places. They're they're kind of wild. I mean, I was remembering like uh, I when we were coming back from Las Vegas that uh, I got on. I was flying rather than flying into Chicago, I flew into Milwaukee. Oh, Milwaukee. And, uh, yeah, which is Algonquin for the great for the good land. Uh, but uh, I don't normally fly in Milwaukee just because Chicago is usually cheaper and easier. But every now and again, it flips. And uh, so I'm going in there, and holy hell. I mean, for one, the hackers had just cost me, like, the chance at, like, a couple thousand dollars a weekend when we were out there. And I got on this fucking flight with all hacker fans. And it's like they had never flown before. Like it was, it was wild. They were all like, "Oh, well, I bet you, you know, you got this. Uh, you got one of these good seats up here." It's like, "Yes, yeah, they're they're all good seats. Like they're all the same thing, unless you get a nice row." Yep. And so we get up. To Is Milwaukee, this airplane going the and, air? 
Yeah. <laughs> we get to Milwaukee, and it's, at this point, it was a pretty late flight. I got in at, like, 10.30 at night. So, like, Milwaukee's a small airport, and I'm walking out, you know, through the gates and up to the test security, you know, point of no return, where they say you can't go back. Yeah. And uh, I see all people, like, lined up. Like at you know, it's just at the area where they let you go before you have to go to sure, security. Sure, sure. And I keep walking and go around a little bit of a corner, and there's even more people in there, like lined up all the way down the damn hallway. And I'm like, what is going on? And like, they're not collectively there for like, you know, any sort of celebration of like one person. Like at first, I thought like, oh, maybe like uh, a guy from the military is coming home or something. Sure, sure. But no, it was literally just like all of these people were like welcoming someone home, like that it was coming from out of town, and like, oh, meet them at the airport. Like it was this huge attraction. Like a hundred like, people yeah, for got... one person for like cousin Johnny's coming back in for like well, exactly. dairy and festival. It was like there weren't, it wasn't a full flight. I mean, there was maybe 75, 80 people on this flight, and there were a hundred plus people like, out there waiting for these people to get off. And, like we were the only one that came through. Like we were the, one of the only flights that got in at that yeah. point in time. So, and, and people were obviously like running over and greeting one another and stuff. I was just like, I've never seen this kind of reaction for a middle of the, or, you know, Monday, Monday evening flight from Las Vegas to Milwaukee. It was, it was just kind of like, uh, it's like 10 30, 10 45 at night. I'm why are, why are these people here? They must not get out much because this isn't a big deal. <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely insane. Like, Unless you're like welcoming home like the best like dairy producer or like the cheese queen, <laughs> I don't see or Aaron Rodgers coming home on grill class. I don't see why you could want to do that. But like speaking of Milwaukee, it's also pretty hilarious. I was flying out again, like just weird stories. I was literally walking through for my flight, and I look over and I'm like, I'm at O'Hare, Chicago, and I look over and there's a at the gate there's a flight leaving for Milwaukee, and I'm thinking to myself, wait. <laughs> you, you you chose to take the Chicago to Milwaukee flight? That's like 78 miles. You could take yeah. a train for a lot less. It's like, literally, okay, we're going to be uh, taking off now, and we're going to be landing now. <laughs> like literally. Yeah, you probably don't even get 10,000 feet. <laughs> yeah, you get to like 8 feet, and like you're just like covering over the trees and stuff like that. Yeah, right. Absolutely funny, like. I wouldn't like. I mean, I guess if you, if someone else is paying for it or something like that, then it doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, it's uh, like it just seems like such a waste of time because, like, you could literally, like, if you had a layover, like, say it's like, oh, I got a forty-five minute layover, and it takes thirty minutes to board the plane, right. and then by the time you taxi, it's like you could have left the airport, rented a car, and driven and gotten to got to Milwaukee quicker than before they'd even get in the air. And then you could have stopped in Pleasant Pleasant. Pleasant Prairie or Kenosha at the nice Woodman's and got some of this fine new Glarus beer that we're drinking today, this Moon Man, like on your way. Are you enjoying the Moon Man? Because I know that you're not a a hophead. It's not bad. It's a light beer. It's got a Wisconsin with a thumb print on there. It's good. And it does say employee owned only in Wisconsin. It's good beer. Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's very much a, uh, like, much like the early 90s where there was East Coast and West Coast rap, there's a a very distinct uh, battle between East Coast and West Coast IPAs, and they they list uh, you know Moon Man as a No Coast Pale Ale, so you know because Midwest doesn't have it. Yeah, so it's it's pretty damn good here. So it's good um, stuff. I think like the last the last flight I had. Oh, another time out of uh, Chicago. Um, 
out of the great Midway Airport, um, there was, like, there's this weird gate that goes all the way out of, I think it's the A, I think it's the A gate, the B, the B terminal, or the B gate terminal, the main terminal. This A one goes, like, all the way the fuck out, like, kind of jets around, and it's, like, in this little, like, hold-off area where you don't even get, like, a traditional gate area. It's just, like, a hallway with chairs lined up. Okay. Um, so I was sitting there, and, like, these people were just asking everyone where the concession stands were. And I just thought that was such an odd way to phrase it because like, we're not at a sporting event or a county fair. We're, <laughs> we're at the airport. I need a I need a pretzel dog and some cracker jack now. Like, I need at least a foot of corn dog if yeah. I'm going to go to a concession. <laughs> but I was like, well, I, I mean, obviously, I mean, you're free to call it what you want. It's a free country, but uh, that's like, awfully I odd. Can't go and, I can't go and just get a hot dog and a and a soft pretzel there. Like I can go to McDonald's. <laughs> Business idea. Or Manny's. Business idea putting concession stands inside of airports now. Yeah, I'm sure that the rent won't be uh, very, very excessive on those. Yeah, but, like, you get some, like, I guess there's Auntie Anne's pretzels and stuff like that. I'm thinking of, like, the pretzel crowd. But, you know, when in Rome, I guess you have to. Speaking of, of airports and Auntie Anne's pretzels, I fucking dialed that up to Denver the other when I got stuck there last week. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, you got chased by two fog storms on that flight. That's absolutely. I did. That was. Uh, once a year, I'm I'm good for a actually probably twice a year because I figure I had one crazy thing in Vegas where I got stuck there all day and I got stuck in Denver this time and then we had a time where I got where Southwest Systems went down and then I got stuck and had to go go from San Francisco Airport over to Oakland to get a flight out. So that one was just as a stupidity probably dumb system design they had in Southwest. Yeah, well, I got stuck on that Delta flight uh, coming back from Hawaii. Then, oh yeah, oh that was horrible. Like it was gonna be an overnight flight, red eye, anyways. But like it was an overnight flight, anyways, and it was supposed to like leave at ten so I could go to sleep, and then it actually left at like two thirty. I'm like, crap! I got to the Seattle and I just <laughs> absolutely just zonked out. So it's crazy. So I guess it's uh. Crack- oh, I- Go I'm ahead. about to give you the uh, the DJ Kevin James uh, light here. Uh oh, uh oh. Segment three. Here we go. Third beer's coming on here. Last one. We get to talk about some fun stuff here. When the fuck did they start making up new holidays? When did they start doing this? Groundhog. Did, we, we, this is what ground grinds my gears or groundhogs my gears. <laughs> you know, that's a real one. At least I get an animal involved with that, and it's not cruel to them and stuff. They probably feed Phil pretty good. But I was informed yeah. today that it was National Pizza Day. Steve, happy National Pizza Day. And first well, off, when the frick did National Pizza Day actually become a thing? Well, you know, I think this is going to become it. And maybe not a recurring segment, but certainly one that will easily be able to work in here is obscure non-holidays. Because, uh, yeah, this is, like, it's, it's not an officially recognized holiday by like any you know like government or anything like that, but like these trade associations that will like declare stuff as like a national whatever day. So I'm sure we've got like National Cottage Cheese Day coming up soon. Dude, so, National Biscuit, you know. Biscuits and Gravy Day. <laughs> but National Pizza Day, I mean, there were legit. I mean, I got I got at least three emails today from different restaurants or pizzerias about 
Day being National Pizza Day. So, I mean, it's kind of like Swedish Day. It's one of those bullshit things that they make up just to prop up, like, whatever organization or, or industry is uh, going on. But, uh, I mean, who the fuck doesn't like pizza? I love pizza, but like to hold like I think every day is National Pizza Day, so I don't need to take and have February ninth. You know, I'm boycotting National Pizza Day for this year because I've already had made dinner. Um, but I'm boycotting <laughs> it uh, for this year. I may choose to do it next year. I'm or I can do like the alternative National Pizza Day on Friday, the twelfth or whatever, the tenth or whatever it's coming on here. Like, let's see, obscure American holidays, right? Well, think about this. Like so, I think of National Pizza Day, and I think of that that TV show. Um, was it Fred Armisen who was doing the documentary now with like the Capone Festival? Oh God, yeah, yeah, in Iceland, like the Icelandic <laughs> Capone Festival. You've seen that, right? Oh yeah. I mean, it totally it totally makes it like this. It's like okay, that whole festival. If I, you're gonna have to fill in on this, if my memory serves me correctly. Wasn't it like they just like decided like one day at the bar that we're gonna have this Capone festival? It was like they were just gonna go to the bar that night and dress up in suits, and then it, like it blew, ballooned and ballooned and ballooned into this like actual festival or something like that. Yeah, it's not. But uh, yeah, I mean that. God, that, I mean that's a that's a good uh, a solid example of of how ridiculous some of these days are. I mean, I there's a legit Wikipedia list of all of these different food days. Uh, I mean, they're almost timed out relatively perfectly with, uh, like, days of the week. So it's like, shit, if we decide we want to we wanna record on Tuesday instead of, of a Thursday, like, we could probably find a national food day to celebrate uh, for one of these recordings. I mean, we, we celebrated National Pizza Day early on, on Saturday. We had, what was it? Quad City-style pizza. Yeah. So I'm looking at Which this. I don't know what, I think quad I don't know City, what qualifies. As. It's cut in, like, strips and stuff like that, and it's made with... It was good. It was good pizza. But, like, to yesterday, or I'm looking at this, and they must be using the time UTC time zone. It's daysoftheyear.com. Uh, we are not sponsored by them or affiliated at all in any ways. But <laughs> yesterday was Toothache Day. It was also Pizza Day. It was also Safer Internet Day. And it was reading Ooh. the bathtub day. So this is, I'm going to bookmark this. I'm going to call this as a solid maybe for finding this. But t- today, as in if you are in February 10th, is there's three holidays going on. And they're saying that it is going to be cream cheese brownie day. They're also what? saying it's plimsoll day. I don't know what that means. And they're saying it's umbrella day. So, I mean, you're saying it's raining out there. Umbrella day is perfect. But tomorrow, yeah, that, I mean, that works out. Yeah, like they're taking like it's freaking hilarious. I'm looking at this like tomorrow will be pro wives day, pro sports wives day. Let me put that other word in there. Pro sports wives yeah, day because obviously they need a day. Yes, because life is hard sometimes. Uh, peppermint patty day. So, dude, Saturday's right, shaping up to be Saturday's shaping up to be a good day because don't cry over spilled milk day, and then white shirt day. And then get your guitar, get out your guitar day. That's a pretty good one. Okay. Uh, make, a, make a friend day and satisfied staying single day. So, like, you could be a single guitar player eating peppermint patties uh, while being a pro sports wife <laughs> while playing a guitar <laughs> in your white shirt crying over spilled milk all on Saturday. It's great. 
And it's like they're talking about like the 13th is Tortellini Day. Like this website is absolutely hilarious. I wish they actually get a different name day is on the 13th. <laughs> Employee. Leader. I like I like myself a Tortellini. Yeah. So I might I might celebrate that. Clean out your computer day. That's on Monday as well. Radio day. We should call that podcast day and do an episode on that. And then it's also okay. madly in love with me day. Oh, you can blow that out your ass. Days you in the blow year it out though. your ass, Howard. Yeah. <laughs> International book giving day, donor day, cream. F- oh man. Valentine's Spoiling day. All of our future content. dude. No, no, this is all for next week. We'll have to figure out these concepts <laughs> and like when we had taken doing the recording. But literally on February 14th, along with Valentine's Day, when you can get all of your like chalky heart-shaped and acids, it's also yeah. an, it's also happens to be cream-filled chocolates day. So you can get like those Oreo triple doubles, the Anthony Davises. Like it's oh, literally yeah. that's what they show. It's like the favor of like your the cream-filled chocolate day. I mean, is that like the Jim Gaffigan Gamble chocolates where you get the one that's filled with toothpaste? It could be. No, this is literally, it's freaking Oreos on the screen. So there are countless ways for chocolateholics, chocolateholics to indulge their passion. But there are those among us who hold a special place in their hearts for cream-filled chocolates. And the cream-filled chocolates day has been created with these people in mind. There's just something about snapping through the outer layer of chocolate and letting the luscious, creamy centre. <laughs> It must be a Canadian website because Centre is it's spelled. Are you Centre. are you recording a, a podcast right now, or are we recording a trailer for fucking Fifty Shades Darker? In a land where nothing else compares, whether it's strawberry, butterscotch, or peppermint, you crave there's a flavor with a U to satisfy anyone's taste. So there's no reason to celebrate any other delicious holiday. Yeah, this website's great. It's totally bookmarked. It's awesome. So, well, I. I'm a, I'm a I'm a firm believer in uh in in natural pizza day. I mean, I'll take it as an arbitrary holiday. Um I fucking went to town on a, on some little Caesar's hot and ready last weekend or two weekends ago when we were moving. Yeah, but undoubtedly yeah, no, that, I I doubt, undoubtedly that's not really a pizza. That's more of a a way of life. Little Caesar's hot and ready's. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying. Dude, they've right? got all sorts of new shit at Little Caesar's. Dude, they've got like these loaded pizza bites and uh, like a, a cinnamon, like dessert one, and then shout out to my my boy uh, Matt Gilman in Kansas City, who for some reason when we went, when we all lived in Chicago decided that he wanted uh, Little Caesars uh, Caesar wings. Uh, what Caesar we, wings? It wasn't. Yeah, and we weren't even like at a Little Caesars like a standalone and like a retail like, strip mall or anything. We went to the Little Caesars that was in a fucking Kmart, which is hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And. He was like, "Oh, I kind of want some wings," and like I ate, I ate a couple of them, and, and I, I'm a firm supporter of Little Caesars, uh, but uh, I can't get behind those wings. They were not good. Well, they probably weren't chicken. They were Little Caesars wings. They might have been like, like the the rat bird of the the pigeon or something like that, or like I guess quail's <laughs> a delicacy in some countries, but like Little Caesars wings does not sound like that's too appetizing. I'd almost argue that Little Caesars isn't really pizza, considering all the things that we have here. But, you know, the hot and ready does satisfy. You know, it gets me hot and ready. Oh, I mean, a hot and ready is good just about any time of day, any day of week. I mean, obviously, I prefer, uh, I mean, I don't I don't dare, honestly, go to a pizza place in California besides, like, Little Caesars, because pizza's hot and dark. Wait, you don't go to the California pizza, the kitchen? 
No. You don't I don't go to the California Pizza Kitchen. I don't go pretty much anywhere. They say that they're like, oh, this is a good pizza place. They're fucking lying to you. They're not good. You don't want uh, a pesto and, and arugula salad pizza with kale? No, I don't a want that. Kale aioli? I want Give me a fucking pepperoni pizza. And that's what I want. But uh, there's supposedly a deep dish place down the street from us, about like a mile away. So we're going to hit that up and I'm going to judge. Because, I mean, like, deep dish is kind of like a, a hokey Chicago thing. Like, uh, I don't eat deep dish pizza all that often. I'm not a big, you know, I'll, I'll eat it, you know, once in a while. But, like, it's, it's very much a touristy thing, uh, yeah. I think, for Chicago. But, uh, I mean, but Chicago, like, thin crust pizza is it's just banging. So, like, I'll take that any day of the week over a deep dish pizza. But, uh, yeah, we'll see We'll see if it, if it uh, makes the grade or not. But uh, I, I'm skeptical, but I'm, I'm open-minded enough to uh, let, it, uh, let it blow my mind. Really. That's, yeah, I mean, deep dish to here, it's like you got to go to Lou Malnati's, but it's like no one in Chicago really eats Lou Malnati's every single day. It's amazing pizza, but that's usually what you take your out of town guests to. Um, yeah, I if you ate Lou Malnati's every single day, you'd probably weigh like eighteen thousand pounds. I mean, but yeah, it would not be an ideal situation for it. It's certainly not a, a health food. I mean, I know they say like, it's got oh, you got nothing else to eat. Eat a piece of pizza for breakfast, and I can get behind that logic, but uh, I'm confident that it's not doing anything for my uh, my physique. Steve, how are you celebrating International Bird Feeding Month? That is what February 2017 Ooh. is. Did you know that a third That's, of a third of the well, American, we were, Did you know that a well, third? Well, we were of watching the, the, the Super Bowl the other night, and we we're at my buddy's my buddy's parents' place, and uh, they were like, "Oh, we've got these binoculars. You know, check them out. You can see the eagles coming in." And I was like, "Oh, where's Don Henley? Is he out there?" Ooh, witchy woman! Like that's a <laughs> heartbreak tonight. Literally, a third of American population feeds birds in their backyards, making sure to fill your bird feeders to great uh, to greet these travelers home. Small birds are often running low on resources, and large birds always aren't able to get food. They need to prosper. February is a tasty month, or is a testy month. <laughs> Definitely different than tasty. <laughs> I was like, hmm, bird feeding <laughs> month is that where we like eat a bunch of chickens and stuff? Like, it's just this website is very very. They have a weekly email that we need to sign up for, or we can. Well, oh, oh, most definitely. We're gonna we're gonna support the shit out of that. We're gonna follow days of the year uh, on on the Twitter because I think that's important <laughs> to do right now. You know, days of oh, the yeah. year. I'm gonna send you a link to this because we're talking about you. Days of the year at days of the year on the Twitters. York UK. Oh, Big shout are, out. These are you. They got a Mary Poppins quote on this for Bird Feeding Month. It's come feed the little birds. Show them you care. And you'll be glad if you do. Their young ones are hungry. Their nests are so bare. All it takes is tuppence from you. Yeah. I guess Mary Poppins was bird lover. I don't know. My grandparents were all about like having birds in the yard and stuff. They had bird feeders everywhere. And all it seemed like was happening was fucking squirrels came in and ate all the birds. Oh, dude. You want to hear about bird feeders and squirrels? My grandfather... Can we tie it in with pizza? Um, I could probably try to take him to do that but like this is hilarious my grandfather had a bunch of squirrels in the backyard that were going and eating the bird feeders and he tried everything and then so like it was hanging from the tree so he put it on a post so he was doing all these different things like he put like the the metal sheet on the post so like the birds or the 
squirrel couldn't climb up the post and get up to the bird feeder. These things were smart. And there was like, they jump off the tree onto it and do all this stuff. So one day he just basically decided he had enough with it. And so he decided he was going to take an, uh, <laughs> I laugh every time about this, but he was basically, he took and Vaseline the pole <laughs> that the bird feeder was on. <laughs> and so he was doing this and he sat out in the window and he sat out watching this and I was laughing my butt off hearing this story. I'm like, you did what? He's like, yeah. So the squirrels would come up, they get about halfway and they just go slide down <laughs> and they'd try again, slide down. And that was like, that was almost one of the best stories that he had about squirrels eating the bird feeder. And this, I have to tell this other one. He also, there was like, the squirrels would keep coming. So he would have like a humane trap, like he would trap them and then take them out to the forest preserve. Uh, which was out by Woodfield Mall. It was out in uh, another suburb of it. And he would take him, you know, go and take the trap and release the squirrel out there, right? And so what it was hilarious was uh, one of, uh, he was sitting there at bowling one day talking to one of his friends. And he's like, yeah. One of his friends was like, yeah, I got this damn squirrel. I rented the trap and I take it out. And literally what was going is like, well, where do you take and release it? He's like, oh, I go over to this part of the town in Mount Prospect and I take and release the squirrel over the park. So the guy literally lived in the town that my grandpa was releasing the squirrel and he'd catch the same one, take it to the park right next to my grandpa's house. And the squirrel was literally riding in the traffic cars back and forth. This was like a vicious cycle that they were going on all the time. It was absolutely hilarious. They caught the dumbest fucking squirrel there was. Or the smartest, whichever one you want. Yeah, he got like either way. Yeah, he got to ride in cars both ways. You know, it's like he must have, dude, this is like it's like Phil loves peanut butter, so he just catches them with the same one, goes into the trap, and then they take them. Absolutely hilarious. Like, any of those stories that would ring a bell for you? <laughs> no, I can't say that I can. <laughs> See, these are the things that people in the Midwest, these are real Midwest problems that some people have. It's like, you got to be resourceful, you know? <laughs> the Vaseline, <laughs> like, when I heard the Vaseline, and to be fair, like, my grandfather, he was awesome, and he... um. He would do a lot of like pranks on us. He used to like in his car, he would have a uh, like a candy dish, like with like mints and stuff like that. And like he'd sometimes have like different, uh, he'd sometimes have different uh, like candies in there and jelly beans and stuff like that. And we'd always go hop into the car literally and would take and immediately like go to town on this candy and just like straight up eat it. And so one day, like we go in and he picks us up from either sports practice or school or something like that. And we go straight for the dish, and it's full of like green candies. I'm like green jelly beans. I'm like sweet. This is awesome. And so I like I get a giant handful and I grab them and I put them in my mouth. I'm like, oh my god, this is absolutely the worst freaking tasting thing. And I just see him start to laugh, and I'm like, what is going on? It's so like it tastes bad. It hurts. It hurts. He got. He went in and knew we were gonna do this. It wasn't April Fools either. And he went and got a bunch of jalapeno flavored jelly bellies and jelly beans. And literally just, I took and housed like a handful of them straight to the face when I was like 10 years old. And I'm like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. So, um, it's great. I would, I would house a handful of popcorn jelly beans in a fucking heartbeat. Those things are money. And my mom lives like a five minute drive from the jelly belly factory at Pleasant Prairie. So nice. they, uh, a, a, a very, uh, real temptation. But since we bastardized, uh, a pizza day enough, why don't we circle back and three beers in say, I'm going to go with 
if I'm going to order a pizza right now, I got one topping. You got a one-topping deal. You can't fuck around with two times ten topping. You can't mess around with half, half and half or any other bullshit like that. What are you going with? Okay, well, let's see what we got going here. Like, my question is: Is it like a is it a reputable chain brand or is it like a mom and pop shop like that knows? You got how to... you got your you pay, if you're gonna order a pizza from any any location, whether it's a chain or whether it's a uh, mom and pop or or just your favorite pizza place, what are you going with? You got one topping to roll with. Dondi's Arlington Heights Road sausage pizza. Sausage pizza, dude. Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna. I don't have a, a particular chain, but I'm going pepperoni all day, every day. But I, if I would have to add something to that, I would also add green peppers, onions, and olives, too. Cause you the, can't. I'm just saying. Can't I'm just Don D's <laughs> Pizza in Arlington Heights. You know it's good when they give you the perfect square cut pieces, you know? If you don't know the what tavern square, cut? Oh, yeah. If you don't know what square cut pieces are, I have no respect. For, no, just kidding. I respect you in life. But <laughs> it's the greatest stuff here. Um. Yeah, National Pizza Day, it's amazing. Airport stuff, pitchers and catchers reporting. It's a great episode. Um, Steve, thanks for being on. Thanks for doing this. New Glarus, Moon Man. That was the beer of the week, I'm not going to lie. Pretty damn tasty. Thoughts? Pretty Kevin good. Dan Carey makes them, uh, make, it, make a terrific beer. So, shout out, big shout out to New Glarus. Yeah. We'll be up there in a little bit. Um, again, thank you for joining us for episode two of oh, this podcast. If you liked the first episode, um, please do us a huge favor. The internet is a big, wide place, and we know you have entertainment choices across the internet. But you can like us and take and listen to us again, and we can come directly into your ears if you hit the little button on the internet that says subscribe to this podcast. Um, it helps us. We're on the iTunes. We're on the Google Plays. Uh, we're on the Twitters, I think. I still have to verify that one there. Um, but also a uh, big shout out and thanks to Marty Meneurs, who is uh, the great composer who wrote our theme song. Um, you'll hear more from him in the near future and probably some more tracks from him. Uh, again, thank you for joining us for episode two. I'm Steve. I'm Patrick. And we'll talk to you later. Peace out, everybody. Bye. <laughs>